0: This is the Tribune Audio Network.
1: This episode of Eat It, Virginia is brought to you by your locally owned and operated McDonald's restaurants. The McRib is back October 14th.
2: Had a long weekend in Richmond and loved it. Saw a ton of potential, saw a ton of love for the you know the, the food and beverage industry. And um, it just kind of made sense, especially from like a cultural fit.
0: It's Monday, June 3rd. We finally learn how to pronounce Vasan with co-founder Joey Dara. Boots back and he's brought canned wine. And did we find the best restaurant in Virginia? Welcome to Eat It Virginia.
1: Hello and welcome to Eat It Virginia. My name is Scott Wise, and I'm joined as always by my co-host, Roby Martin. Hello, Roby.
0: Hi, Scott. So, real quick. I want to just go ahead and get this out of out in the open. If there is a bit of an echo today, why is that?
1: We are live on location at Vossen and Scott's Edition in their beautiful, what is this, the barrel aging
0: room? It is the barrel aging room. Now, the question is, if I just popped open one of those barrels right now, do you think anybody would notice?
1: I think we would not get invited back to Vossen oh, huh. or any other brewery in the Richmond area. We're here because <laughs> later on in the show... We're going to interview Boston's co-founder.
0: We are going to interview Boston's co-founder. You don't think he would invite me back if I drank a whole barrel?
1: If you paid for it, maybe.
0: I think I'd have to live here.
1: <laughs> Before we get to that, though, we have some pretty big news coming out of Richmond Magazine.
0: We do, and I have to tell you, I'm... I'm, I'm... I don't know how I am about this. So Susan Winecki is stepping down as the editor, has editorial control of Richmond Magazine. She announced this last week, and it, a little bit more information will come out in the June magazine. I, what, Susan is one of the individuals that brought me where I am now. Like one of her endeavor on Timbuk, who's no longer at Style Weekly, are the reasons why I had the opportunities to write about food. I have the opportunity I have now. So. While I know that this is probably going to be more time for her family, I'm pretty – I have questions. What kind of questions? I mean, does that mean we're going to be able to go out for wine more? Do you think that she is going to take more vacation? Oh, personal questions. Yeah. Susan, Roby
1: is bummed right now. Please reach out to Roby.
0: Please just say hi, and let's uh – Let's take advantage of your free time.
1: If you're going out with Susan, there might be some new restaurants in town that you guys can try.
0: Oh, look at you and your segways. What we do you got, got, got for cool me? some cool openings. We really do. So, Oak and Apple. I don't know if you're familiar with that. From the guys that are, I don't know, Station 2.
1: I drove by the day. That's out in Chaco Bottom.
0: It is. It's going to open June 6th.
1: And do have they disclosed what kind of food they'll be serving? What the atmosphere is like? Something like
0: called a cutene. So, barbecue on... Fries with cheese curds, I that's, would imagine. I love
1: all of those things.
0: I would think so. That's
1: down near where the flood zone used to be. God, I'm dating myself, aren't I?
0: Yes, you, the fact that's that you d- brought up the flood zone, down which near isn't where even the most recent generation of that cafe restaurant used to be? that closed. Yeah. So we got an Afghan restaurant in Carytown.
1: You know, I read an article about that on Richmond Biz Sense, the gentleman who was uh, a sh- uh, chef for the like, Afghan army or something like that.
0: Yes, had, um, actually he drove an Uber to raise money for this restaurant, along with working for the Underground Kitchen, which is a traveling restaurant group that puts on dinners. Absolutely.
1: And that's gonna be, it's, it's In the Elwood old Thompson's Batch area, right? Building.
0: So yes, right there, right across the parking lot from Elwood Thompson.
1: That, that gentleman has a fascinating story, so I would encourage everyone to seek it out. On, I think a couple different publications have written about it the Even last couple WTVR.
0: weeks. Even WTVR.com has a rendition of it if you'd like to go oh, see yeah. it on CBS6. Thank you, BizSense. Yep, thank you, BizSense. Um, Strange Ways has opened their new brewery in Scott's Edition, and along with it comes a restaurant, another brick-and-mortar, a barbecue called Smoke. Smoke is over, it's also in Scott's Edition, you said? They're together in the same building. Oh, yes. wow. Have you been yet? I have not, but I, I assume if you want to continue walking the brewery tour in Scott's Edition, this is just an additional place to get beer. Beautiful. Um, Bateau opened um, this past Friday. Down on the canal? Yes, coffee and wine. And then we have the Annex that just opened, which is a, an additional portion of District 5, which is going to be Tex-Mex.
1: Awesome. Hey, so there's another restaurant I want to talk about with you because you sent it's me an—
0: It's Tex-Mex? No. Okay.
1: It's not new, new, but it's new to me. And okay. you said it was one of the best restaurants you've been to in a while and possibly one of the best restaurants in the whole Commonwealth of Virginia. So tell me about Adrift.
0: Oh god, Adrift is great. So in the Northern Neck, which actually has had quite a dearth of restaurants um, in the previous years, have gotten they've all of a sudden just started open up new ones, and a couple of individuals from the inn at Little Washington have they have moved back to their hometown, which is Whitestone, Virginia, and opened a drift. You can either do a tasting menu or you can do a la carte. And the a la carte is accessible for individuals that don't want to spend $75 a person. So you can get burgers or whatever, or you can do something just a bit more upscale, maybe say anniversary, date night, regular Tuesday, that's about $75 per person.
1: So what makes this restaurant so awesome, in your opinion?
0: Well, A, the service is outstanding, one. And I think that that's a big, big deal in a restaurant. And B, I think that they're bringing what they... Learned from Patrick O'Connell, who is a five-time James Beard Award winner, just recently was awarded the James Beard Lifetime Award, chef and proprietor at the Inn at Little Washington, to Whitestone, which uh, it is brilliant.
1: Now, I've never been to Whitestone before, so tell me a little bit about the area where the restaurant sits. Tell me about the inside. Is it a fancy restaurant? No. Am I just going to be spending hundreds of dollars? No,
0: but I can tell you how you can find out more about it. Sure. You can head to WTVR.com and read my article which tells you all of these questions that you just had.
1: So the trip to Whitestone is a great thing to do in the summertime?
0: No, do it all the time. What I'm
1: saying, it's summertime now. It's a great trip in the summertime. You're on the water. Another thing to do in the summer, go to the pool, go to the beach, go to the park.
0: Are you setting booth up for cans?
1: Let's talk about booth, cans, wine, pools.
3: So nice to see you guys. Where have you been?
0: Were you on vacation?
3: Oh, I was traveling the world, tasting wine, I like as it. usual.
0: Where did you go? All over?
3: Uh, actually, I was lying. I, <laughs> I've been <laughs> in Richmond. Uh, I, did a little, I did a little road trip through Virginia, though, but not for wine. I did some barbecue, peanuts, and uh, what else? Took the Jamestown Ferry. That was fun.
0: That always sounds good. Yeah. So I've got questions for you. Are you ready for them?
3: I'm ready. Let's go.
0: So do you know when you were at the pool... And you've got that big old glass bottle, and then you get kicked out of the pool because you can't have glass? Yeah.
3: Yes, I do know that. You do know that? Yeah, how many pools have you been kicked out of?
0: You know what, let's just not talk every about pool my, in Richmond. my ousting of pools. I would like to talk about what you can do to help me with that.
3: Yeah, so there's a couple um, uh, containers that are allowed at pools.
0: Oh, they're allowed at pools? They're,
3: you're allowed to bring them to pools, so drinking at pools, highly recommended, um, especially in the summertime. I guess that's when pools are open. But uh so cans and cans are probably my favorite. Um we let's start with cans. Yeah, let's do cans. Uh, do you have any canned wine? I, I feel
0: like but I feel like wine shops don't have canned wine because it's frowned upon because canned wine is not supposed to be great. Is that false?
3: That is false. Yeah. Awesome. I would say myth the mythbuster wor- over here. <laughs> that, well, I yeah. mean, you got to ask the sommeliers. This bringing the heat. Um a lot of wine is aged in stainless steel already, so I see nothing wrong with putting it into a can and serving it that way. Um it's a it's a very neutral vessel. Um it doesn't impart any flavor to the to whatever beverage is inside. Um so and it's easy to drink from. So I love them.
0: Can you get any wine in a can?
3: No. no. There's not, not there's not a ton on the market right now. Um there's Is there crappy wine in a can? Yeah, yeah, really really bad wine. That's it's sort of like rosé. It's it's uh, you know when the first to market is really terrible, everybody just assumes that everything's going to be bad from that day forward, um, and that's that's happened with cans, in my opinion, also rosé. But people are starting to learn that uh, that uh, they can put good wine into cans, and people will buy it. And uh, and then there are some good good ones available.
0: Look at this cutie can you brought with you, just yeah. in case you guys want to. Don't well, you can't see it, so sorry. Um, there's a cute little can, and it has a. Pig butt on it. Yeah, that is a pig butt, right?
3: It's a pig's butt. Yeah.
0: Um, there's a pig booty on my can. Um, why do I? Why am I holding a can with a pig booty on it?
3: That's just cute. Oh, uh,
0: sweet. Good. Yeah. That, well, there you go. Looks good. Well, th- this is over. Thanks for the cute wine. <laughs> yeah. No, tell me about this.
3: Um, so this is this is made by a uh, master sommelier and his and his uh, business partner. Um, his name is Bobby Stuckey. and uh, they have a restaurant together in Boulder, Colorado, called uh, Fresca. Um, I haven't been myself but they uh, they're sort of uh, advocates of, of the northern Italian wines that they've um, uh, that they've grown to love over the years and so they have a wine brand called scarpetta and scarpetta is actually the name of like the crust of bread that you use to sop up the sauce on your plate Um so, sort of a, a foodie reference. And, yeah, they have a number of different wines, and this, this is their sparkling uh, canned wine called Frico Frazzante. Um, it's kind of like Prosecco. It's not technically Prosecco, but it comes from up north in Italy. Um, there's a little bit of the, the typical Prosecco grape called Glera, and then a couple of other grapes uh, blended in. And so, yeah, it's just really kind of a soft, bubbly, delicious summertime sipper.
0: So where can I get this canned wine, Boo?
3: So at my shop is one place. Barrel Uh, Thief? Barrel Thief Wine Shop and Cafe. Very cool. Patterson and Libby. Awesome. Comes in a four-pack box, uh, case, and uh, it's
0: $14. So I just look for the can with the pig butt?
3: Yeah, or ask. (laughs) I just ask for for pig butts. Yeah.
0: Great. Do you want to know what goes really well with Boulder? Tony Giordano and Joey Dara. Tony, who came from Boulder, and Joey Dara, who came from California, who is up next on this podcast. Those guys rock.
1: That's called a segue, kids. So, Roby. Yes, Scott. It's not not, not polite to talk about ages, but we're going to talk about ages right now. Okay. The country is celebrating a very important birthday.
0: It's the 40th anniversary of the first Happy Meal.
1: Do you remember your first time
0: well, it, I eating feel, a Happy Meal? I gotta say this. The Happy Meal as as old as I am. I know. You both
1: age so gracefully.
0: Oh, that's so good. The chicken nuggets still do look good, don't they?
1: Always. So tell us what uh, McDonald's is doing to celebrate the 40th anniversary of the Happy Meal.
0: The same thing I got when I turned 40, a surprise party. They're doing a surprise Happy Meal. So what does that entail? Toys. What kind of toys? Surprise. Right. They're toys from the last 40 years.
1: Ooh, do you remember what the toys were when we were kids?
0: I don't know, but I'm crossing my fingers for a Muppet baby. Was,
1: it, was there an E.T. toy? Or a Star Wars? That's what I liked when I was a E.T. kid. E.T.
0: phone home toy? That's the one. Oh, Star Wars. Who do you like?
1: In Star Wars? Yes. Han Solo. Duh. Why right. are you even asking that question?
0: So you want a Han Solo toy? Absolutely. So you do know when you can get one? Tell me. If... If that's the surprise, and I'm not going to spoil the surprise, on November the seventh is when they're going to start the 40th anniversary with all of the surprise toys from the last 40 years. Cheers! 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 Cheers. Boom! I placed it on the table. We are actually at Vossen today. Is it Vossen or Vason?
2: Uh, If you're Swedish, it's neither.
0: Holy moly. So I have been pronouncing that incorrectly the entire time? Well, we
2: all have. Um, So we, uh, as Americans, you know, we we didn't want to completely confuse uh, our customers. And so we've adopted the pronunciation of Vassen. We we think it's somewhat intuitive when you look at it and you've got the umlaut. But if you're actually a true Swede, um, you're going to pronounce it closer to Vessen. W- yeah, which I'm probably still saying wrong. I'm but. totally
0: going to pretend like I'm a truce. <laughs> I'm not the entire time. Just for everybody who's listening right now, we are here at this vis- 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 <laughs> basin. basin. Exactly? I don't know, Scott, don't even you, you. Aren't you the one that can pronounce all the things? Sure. Only in French, though. Yeah, that, that's right. We are here with Joey Dara, am I pronouncing that correctly? You got that. Who is a? God. <laughs> I'm butchering all the names, it's, it's a good thing we have Booth back, because I can say that name. Um, we are here at Vossen with Joey, who is a co-founder mm-hmm. of?
2: Of Vossen. There you go. Illustrious enterprise.
0: Very cool. And you came from, you're from Virginia. You went to JMU?
2: Went to JMU. Okay. Yep. Grew up in Fairfax. Uh, Tony grew up in McLean. Um, so yeah, we spent pretty much like the first 20 plus years of our lives living in Northern Virginia. <clears throat> and then we both uh, kind of caught the bug and headed west for a while. So
0: West to drink beer, west to follow a girl, west to a Tesla dealership.
2: <laughs> west for, for all of those reasons uh, at various stages. But yeah, for me, it was grad school. Um, so I I, my passion was uh, engineering and, you know, also, you know, getting out of Virginia for a while, I lived there my entire life and, um, you know, I just loved the uh, kind of the tech scene of the Bay Area, loved the outdoor scene of just all of the West Coast. And so of the, uh, the grad schools I applied for, almost all of them were, were West Coast schools.
0: So you're talking like West Coast, Tony, Colorado, you, California.
2: Tony, Colorado, me, California. Okay. Yeah. And
0: grad school was in California. Grad
2: school was in California, Bay Area. Yep. And then immediately following that, um, got a job with Tesla, working See, as an engineer. this is not a joke.
0: He truly, it's like, he invented the Tesla. <laughs> That's impressive.
2: I'm not going to say invented uh, <laughs> the Tesla. There are many Teslas. Uh, he
0: invented a Tesla. That's <laughs> what I'm talking about. <laughs>
2: But definitely spent a lot of time uh, in the very early stages of uh, the Model S development, so. So
1: so let's back up a little bit. What year are we talking here?
2: So I moved out to California in 2008.
1: 2008, and when you were in Virginia, what was your relationship with beer and engineering? Was there any sort of connection yet? Uh,
2: I mean, my connection was uh, mostly my, my experiences at JMU, so. Drinking. Drinking.
0: I'm so loud in this barrel room. It's so great as I scream into the <laughs> oh, microphone. it's awesome. Let me tell you. Oh, oh great. I, he- I have headphones on. It's great. So you're loving this. Yeah. Maybe I should back up from the mic.
2: <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, JMU, you know, the official drink there. There's a couple, I guess, but a lot of natty light. Um, and so you know, you drink what you can, you drink what's available. Um, and it, it wasn't, I mean, it was maybe near the tail end of my time at JMU that craft beer started to get onto my radar. Um, and so, you know, things like Oscar Blues um, were probably one of the first ones that really, like, got on my radar. And then, yeah, once Tony headed out to, uh, to Boulder, uh, he pretty quickly got involved in the craft beer scene there. Um, kind of took an entry-level, like, packaging job with uh, Boulder Beer Company. Uh, and then over the course of a few years, just kind of worked his way up the chain.
1: And if you can tell us real quick who Tony is, because not everyone listening right now knows
2: who Tony I is. I know who
0: Tony is. Well, if
2: okay. you don't know Tony, I mean, come on. We're wasting our you time. You need to
0: here. come have a beer. <laughs> exactly,
2: exactly. If you come to Vossen, you'll know Tony. Um, so Tony is uh, my cousin, like we said, both grew up in Northern Virginia. He is uh, the other half of Vossen, and he is our uh, our brewmaster beer the brains behind the beers. Um, and yeah, we essentially grew up together. Um, you know, we pretty much think of ourselves more as brothers than cousins. actually spent some time living together um, growing up. So yeah, it's a very close connection. And um, even when we were both living thousands of miles apart in the West Coast, uh, still made time to see each other a lot.
0: So this is not the first time I've sat at a table like this with Joey. I'd like to talk about my first moment Sure. meeting him because I'm sure he really loved it. Let's hear about it. So apparently Joey and Tony were squatting in a fan house, illegally brewing beer in their basement.
2: So squatting is a harsh term.
0: <laughs> well, well, We'll use living. <laughs> what word would you use?
2: I own the house, oh. so... <laughs>
0: Yet still illegally brewing <laughs> beer in their basement.
2: This is purely home brewing. Be- you know? Richard,
1: the Richmond Police Department has much more important
2: things they to do. And carrots years ago. It's years ago. I
0: mean, no. that's. A- that was a while ago, and, and now he's a taxpayer.
1: He's got a business, and
2: so does, it all pays off. He does, and still in lives
0: end. in that house in the fan. Still do, yeah. Does it still look like you play poker on the tables in which you guys Stop come up shade. with your? <laughs> <Stop> <laughs> shade I am, our guest. I am not, not throwing shade. He knows exactly what I'm talking about.
2: the The house has been, uh, yeah, pretty well cleared out after we moved into uh, our, our current uh, building. So, no, it's a lot less. Uh, I guess you'd say bachelor pad in there. So
1: I want to hear more about the Vossen origin story. So you're out in California yep. and drinking good craft beer, I imagine. Of course. In yep. Colorado, good craft beer. Yeah. So what's the aha moment for you guys?
2: Uh, I mean, the aha moment actually happened, I would say, before we both moved out west. Um, so it's kind of like this in-between period where <clears throat> I had graduated from JMU and was still living in Virginia, Um, Tony and I, our families would take these kind of like annual trips out to this lake in Maryland called Deep Creek Lake. Um, so, you know, this was probably like 2006 or so, and we're just kind of like hanging out at the lake and, you know, we've got cans of Dale's Pale Ale in our hands and we're just talking about beer and doing what I'm sure thousands or tens of thousands of young men in their 20s dream about and starting a craft brewery, um and you know that that appeal kind of never left so you fantasize about it and for most people that kind of fades over time you you get a real job and uh but for us you know we we never kind of let that idea go so we both kind of took our respective paths uh and then it wasn't until like 2013-14 that we started to get serious about it um that's like yesterday Yeah, yeah. It feels like yesterday, and it also feels like an eternity. Like, time has definitely warped since this whole project started. Um, But, you know, we both had reached a point where Tony, like I said, he had kind of worked his way up the ranks at Boulder Beer Company, uh, effectively becoming their head brewer, Um, learned everything that he could from the team there, and I had spent a lot of time with Tesla and... uh, was ready for the next What the were next you doing project. exactly
0: for Tesla? Inventing it. I don't
1: understand. <laughs> yeah. are, there are, you, are you allowed
0: to disclose?
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, it, if he it tells
0: you he has to kill you.
2: Yeah. It Just a lot of engineering work. Um, started off focusing on the battery pack for Model S. And then over time, um, my interest started shifting more in, towards like data analytics. So every Tesla has a little onboard computer that is literally logging sensor data from every part of the, the car and then beaming it back to Tesla. Every Tesla has a... uh, Beam? A a beam, (laughs) a modem, Wi-Fi, uh, a a means of communicating with the uh, the mothership. So um, when I first started, the cars were collecting all this data, but we didn't really have a good way to analyze it. So uh, I did a lot of work kind of building up the infrastructure to do like kind of large-scale analytics on the cars. And so these are things like looking for signs of like, defective parts or parts that are failing and then notifying the customer before they even realize something's wrong and things like that. And then feeding things back to our engineering teams where it's like, well, you know what? Customers actually aren't using the car in these extreme scenarios so we can actually scale back some of these parts and save some money. So
1: So a very cool job obviously, but one that didn't tap into your soul perhaps? You weren't...
2: Oh, I was, it definitely tapped into my soul. Um, but over, over time, you know, the company just grew at a crazy rate. So when I first started there, you know, I was employee 500 something and the engineering team was super small. Um, by the time I left the company was like well over 20,000 employees. Um, And just for me personally, I really like working in small startup environments, wearing a lot of different hats, putting out a lot of different fires, and just like scrambling and learning. So as the company grew, you know, for me, it just became um, a little bit more narrowly focused on one particular task, whereas I just like to kind of be all over the place.
0: Well, you guys did not start something small here. I mean, in terms of anything honestly i mean we sit currently in a i mean this is a pretty large barrel aging area yeah and then your actual brewery is what size
2: so we've got a, uh, a 20 barrel brew house um we've got let's see for
0: the people that don't understand that yeah. what does that mean from a capacity standpoint from
2: a capacity standpoint a barrel is basically equivalent to like 31 gallons okay Um, And so, yeah, 20 barrels is about 600 gallons of liquid. Um, We've got two 80-barrel fermenters, four 40-barrel fermenters, um, two 80-barrel fooders, um, which are essentially just like very, very large wooden barrels that are sat upright. Um,
0: Primarily for aging. Correct. Yeah. For yeah.
2: So we've got those two fooders that are aging two different kind of um, wild, like Brettanomyces farmhouse ales that we'll use to like blend and bottle and mix with all, all of our barrel aged uh, stuff that we got going on back here.
0: So wild yeasts are in there hanging yes. out doing their thing. Yes. Sure. So this is a pretty big undertaking. Mm-hmm. How mm-hmm. many employees do you have? Uh, still, right, less than 500?
2: still less than 500. Still less than 500. Yeah. Year over year growth is you know it's rivaling Tesla, but. Um, <laughs> (laughs) percentage wise. But yeah, we're about 20, 20 employees.
1: Very nice. So at some point you guys got serious about this beer dream and you said, let's go to Richmond. Why Richmond?
2: So we actually first said, let's go to Virginia. Um, you know, we still have pretty much our whole families here. Um, and they're still, you know, in Northern Virginia, we didn't want to be like in our parents' backyards. So we were like, all right, well, we'll look more a little bit south of, of Nova. Um, I actually started looking at Charlottesville initially just because when we had left Virginia, Richmond was nowhere near, you know, the kind of the, the food and beverage scene that it is right now. Um, so it started in Charlottesville. Um, it wasn't until Tony's brother, who was attending VCU, kind of talked to us and kind of started hyping up the, the Richmond scene and how much was going on at the time. So this is back in like... Uh, Late 2014, early 2015, um, just had a long weekend in Richmond and loved it. Saw a ton of potential, saw a ton of um, love for the you know the the food and beverage industry, and um, it just kind of made sense, especially from like a cultural fit. You know, uh, we wanted a place that uh, whose like cultural identity was rooted more in the people that live there, as opposed to you know a lot of like the historical like. The stuff that you know that brings tourists to a city like williamsburg or something like that so we noticed that richmond was very much rooted in like its uh like artistic scene uh obviously the restaurant scene and so it was kind of making a name for itself based on the people that were living there now as opposed to people that lived there hundreds of years ago which was really appealing to us
1: and once in richmond obviously scott's edition is the place to be
2: which wasn't obvious to us you know when we first started looking um so you know. Ooh,
1: what were some of the other locations you were looking at?
2: Uh, I mean, kind of all over. We, we were kind of limited by uh, ceiling height and building space, so we were literally casting a wide net. Um, Scott's Edition and Manchester were definitely high on our list, um, but it was literally just anywhere in Richmond that had ceilings that were over, you know, 20, 25 feet tall and had at least, you know, 15,000 square feet. So... Drops it down to a pretty small list.
0: Not, not only that, I, but you guys have a real drive for sustainability and green. I don't know if it's green space when looking for your buildings in Manchester and Scotts Edition. That had to be somewhere in your head, correct?
2: Well, I mean, it's tough because a lot of these spots, almost all of them, are you know relatively old buildings, and so they're not going to have green built sure, in. Sure, sure. Um, And so for us, you know, our focus was less on the building. Obviously, it'd be nice to have a place where, you know, there's potential for, like, solar panels or or something like that. But we decided to, you know, not handcuff ourselves too much and limit ourselves too much. That we would focus on our own, like, internal processes and equipment to kind of achieve a more sustainable business.
0: Very cool. So let's talk about the beer. Yeah. So you guys went a little differently than I thought when you were going to open. When we were sitting at your poker table and I was staring at a bunch of fraternity guys, I swear I thought you were going to do Natty Light, just <laughs> like you said you drank, honestly. Instead, you all went sour, almost. Um, I, I would say but almost predominantly your beer is sour beer, which is acquired <clears throat> taste, I mm-hmm. would say. I mean, I love it, but it's tough. You yeah. usually have to have a gateway. Yep. What made you do that?
2: Um, I mean, for us, at least for Tony and I, you know, living out in the West Coast, sour beers were already fairly prevalent. And we just assumed if there's this many people out here that like sour beers, it's just a matter of time before that kind of happens in markets like Richmond, Virginia, you know, mid-Atlantic region. So, you know, we made like a little bit of a gamble, but we've seen nothing but, uh, you know, uh, just a constant increase in the number of people that come in. That haven't tried sours before and end up actually liking it, surprise to their own surprise. Um, our goal is to make you know sours farmhouse ales that um, are going to be different than you know what most people have been exposed to, but are still you know fairly balanced and accessible. We're not trying to do like the far extremes of those types of styles of beer. So we want to make them so that they're interesting um, and still kind of you know, if they're based on more of like a traditional style, you know, like a Belgian farmhouse, you know, we're still kind of keeping that, um, keeping true to that, but also making it like, like I said, accessible to, you know, most consumers.
1: You mentioned the outdoorsy angle for yeah. your brewery. What, what is that all about? <laughs> what's, the like what's the deal with, your with outdoors? the outdoors? <laughs>
2: yeah. Myself and Tony, we're both, you know, fairly outdoorsy people in general. Um, and when we came to Richmond and we learned about, you know, the James River Park system and just like how much of an outdoor scene there is here, it was just like, we got to tap into this. Like we got to get connected to this scene because, um, the more we looked into it, the more just like of a awesome community that we, we found. And we felt that it really resonated with our personalities and I think it resonates with kind of our adventurous, you know, styles of beer that we're producing. Um, and so, you know, through that, I think we've kind of, I don't know, aligned ourselves in a very unique way in like the Richmond craft beer market. And, um, I've been able to make really awesome connections with a lot of, uh, people involved in, you know, in the outdoor space in Richmond in kind of different ways, whether it's people actually on the river kayaking, or it's people that go around and, uh, you know, have like weekly trash pickups around the city, um, but you're doing it, you know, typically either, like, in the park system or, you know, somewhere in in green space. Um, and so it's all, con- it's all connected to the outdoors. And um, over time, like, we've been able to take these kind of disparate groups of people doing different things and kind of bring them all together and kind of created this, I don't know, monster that's kind of taken a life of its own where all these people are now just going out on adventures together. We're not even involved. So, that's great. Yeah.
0: What is that? It's a Vossen ambassador.
2: Yeah, so um, we call them vagabonds. There
0: we go. I knew there was a word. Yeah,
2: yeah. So that one's
0: so much better than ambassador. (laughs) It's like they have a flag. Okay, yeah, vagabonds. Yeah,
2: so we've got the vagabond program, and you know we're we're about like 15 strong right now, Uh, just primarily like Richmond residents that um, are either just. Kind of casually in, involved in the outdoor scene or are actually like professional like mountain bikers and you know do competitions like monthly so um, yeah an incredible group of people uh, we have our, our little vagabond meetups actually back here every month and just kind of catch up on what all the crazy stuff people are you're into. vagabonds
1: now today I am
0: yeah, today you are <laughs> great I'll do it. <laughs> I, like, I like it. 16
1: now. You have 16. <laughs> anyway.
0: So before we wrap things up, I've got like a couple more questions. Are yeah. we going to have another celebration? You had a one-year one. Are we going to have a two-year one? Absolutely. And when will that be?
2: So that's going to be end of July, July 27th, Saturday.
0: we all get free tickets? VIP. um, Vagabonds. Oh yeah, the vagabonds are here. No, everybody. I'm giving them all away. As
2: long as you guys maintain your vagabond status, you'll be taken care of. I've got to
0: start rock climbing and kayaking (laughs) with closed cans. I got it. Okay, cool.
2: Yeah, we're going to be doing a a slightly different format this year. So last year we did out in the uh, the big parking lot kind of across the street from our building. Um, It was a ton of fun, but it was also a ton of work um and a ton of cleanup sure. so we're gonna kind of reel it back in a little bit make it more of like an intimate experience even though it's still going to be you know thousands of people but um instead of the parking lot we're going to do more of like a block party so we'll basically you know what we we'll the the big light bulb that went off last year is like okay we're we're creating a, a mobile tap room when we've got one right across the street so why don't we just leverage that? Um, it'll make our lives so much simpler. So we're basically going to have the, the festival in our tap room on the patio and then spill out into basically more street in front of us and close the street down. Beautiful. Yeah. Fun
0: stuff. And you guys used to have dinners exactly where we're sitting. We mm-hmm. guys, I'm all about the food. So I always need to know these things. Yeah. Will you be, have, be doing that, be having, be doing, whatever <laughs> the right word is, that type of thing again?
2: We have be doing more, uh, more <laughs> beer <laughs> dinners. You. Um, yeah. So we're going to be doing uh, some more. We, the last one we did was um, back in February with me and Bird. We actually did that up in the tap room. Um, was really great. Um, but yeah, we're, we're definitely uh, kind of in the process of, of lining up some more in the near future.
1: If people were to come to Scott's Edition, which other breweries would you suggest they hit, and which beers from other breweries would, would you want them <laughs> Whoa, to go? Wow,
2: I was getting ready to wrap this up,
0: and now he's like, "Tell me about your competitors well, you made, and what should made, we drink you made there." You <laughs> of my
1: questions. I got to do another hard-hitting one.
0: Yeah, this one's hard-hitting.
2: Hard-hitting. I mean, I'm not gonna uh, prioritize anybody. I'm not gonna, you know, give you my top three. Like everybody does something special. Um, I think the best thing to do is just line up a, a, a couple. Just walk. Line up a couple Uber weekends and, and just visit everybody and, and see what they're up to. Um, you know, I think the great thing about Scott's Edition is that everyone has kind of um, carved out something different about what they're focusing on in terms of styles. Um, and so, yeah, you can literally go from spot to spot and just get a wildly different variety of, of beers. So, yeah, that's that's my advice.
0: So if we're looking for you on social media, where can we find you?
2: Oh man, we are, we're blasting all over Facebook, Instagram, the occasional Twitter, at Vossen Vossen Brewing.
0: Very nice.
2: And I'm going to give a quick plug to our Vagabonds. So our Vagabonds have a, uh, a, a new Instagram account, Vossen, at Vossen Vagabonds. So definitely check that out.
0: Very cool. And if I was drinking your special River City roll beer, what should I eat at River City with it?
2: Oh, man. Uh, I'd say any of their pizzas are going to do the trick.
0: You heard it here. You're listening to Eat It Virginia with Roby and Scott. Want more food in your ear? Subscribe to the podcast or find us on Twitter at Eat It Virginia, Instagram at Eat It Virginia or Facebook at Eat It Virginia. And now back to the show. I have some breaking news.
1: We love breaking news. Wait, Let me get the music ready. Bum, 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 bum.
0: So do you remember the two restaurants that are opening downtown called Nama and Switch or Nama and Switch? Do I remember them? Yeah, they haven't opened yet, but they're getting ready know. to open. No, no. Okay, so they they had a pretty well-known chef who is coming back to Richmond. He had Curry Craft. Okay. Do you know Mel Oza?
1: I've heard the name. I've eaten his food, but I don't know him personally.
0: Pretty brilliant Indian food. He was slated to be the chef of these restaurants, and now he is not anymore. Oh, no. Is everything yes. okay? Everything's fine. I think that he's just moved on as opposed to staying with them. But this podcast comes out on Monday. On June 5th, you can have his food at Bistro Bobet. Okay,
1: so he's, he's fine.
0: He's fine, but he's not staying at Bistro Bobet. It's a pop-up dinner with him. And then he's going to let Indian food, I'm guessing? Vegetarian food.
1: Vegetarian Indian food?
0: I think that there'll probably be a little slant towards that, but there's your news.
1: Beautiful. Hey, uh, we also got some emails in this week of the old email. Is there
0: one about a snake?
1: Well, let me, let me read some of our, our top emails. Again, if you guys want to uh, submit an email to us
0: about a snake,
1: eatitvirginia at gmail.com. If you don't know what Roby's talking about, go back and listen to our last podcast about the snake.
0: I have done some reading up on snakes, so now I can identify all black and white snakes that you send to us. If you guys would like to send it to us in other ways, we can be found at eatitvirginia on Instagram, and if you want everybody to see it, at eatitvirginia on Twitter.
1: Our first email comes from Robin Peterson. Hi, Robin. I'm not sure if it's a man or a woman, so Robin asks, Hello there, this is Robin. I will like... I will, I will like to know if you do logo design, and do you accept credit card as payment?
0: Again, we absolutely accept credit cards as payment. Just go ahead and shoot us your number.
1: Our second email comes from Arthur.
0: He has yeah, a question Arthur. about coffee. Oh, I got this. I, right. I'm, I got, coffee's my thing. Ruby
1: has not seen these emails before, so this is all. I'm <laughs> not, this is part of the all podcast. New. We're all, I'm just firing questions at her for her to answer. All right, this is from Arthur. Arthur writes to eatatvirginia at gmail.com. We, we would be having a conference meetings of about 400 members and would like, to, would like you to serve our members. Kindly get back with the cost of 400 cups of black coffee. We await to read from you so that we may proceed. Thanks, Arthur.
0: Four hundred cups of black coffee. Yes,
1: and he capitalized black coffee, so I'm not sure if it's a specific black coffee he's looking for or
0: oh, okay, like proper
1: noun black coffee.
0: Well, well, the proper noun black coffee for four hundred cups will cost you forty grand, and I know several coffee companies that will help you.
1: And he can use the same credit card number that uh, just send Robin it right along, yeah. right.
0: And actually, you know what? I plan on providing the coffee, so yep.
1: Our final email comes from Nathan. And the the subject is cakes and cupcakes.
0: Yes. I know a lot about these, too.
1: At least our emailers are getting, like, the right genre of subject line this yep. time. All right, his question. Greetings. I am Nathan.
0: <laughs> Hi, Nathan.
1: And, and I would... And I need some cakes and cupcakes (laughs) for my daughter's fifth birthday on the 1st of June.
0: Perfect.
1: So I just want to make inquiries if you are available for that date and also if you take a credit card as means of payment.
0: I 100% take a credit card as means of payment, but sadly, we are not available on the 1st of June.
1: He awaits our swift reply.
0: Well, that's good. He's going to be waiting a while because we are at Broad Appetite. Brat Appetit. Which is June actually, yeah, which is June 2nd. I
1: mean, June 2nd, which is yesterday. <laughs> yes. How was it? It was great. Oh, I'm so glad you had a good time. You actually had a question come in uh, via the social media about the Richmond dining scene that we should
0: address. The social media. Actually, I do have a question. So I'm to bring this up in two different sets. So I, when I'm talking about restaurants, which I do a lot, um, someone brought up the fact that they feel like the middle tier restaurant is disappearing.
1: So not fast food and not fine dining or $100 meals for two people, but like a place to just go, get a a nice reasonably priced meal, good food. And
0: I'm betting they're not talking about walk-up service either. I bet you they want somebody to come and serve you. I know that a lot of people, I even heard, we'll take this a little deeper, a little bit earlier this week I heard somebody talk about the fact that the only non-walk-up barbecue restaurant we have right now is Fatty Smokes like recently opened. So maybe that's a portion of the middle tier that they're discussing.
1: So we're talking about not food quality, but food prices.
0: I think it's pretty much food pricing. So not a $30 entree and not Chipotle.
1: So you and I, we talk about a lot of restaurants every every week, and sometimes we kind of repeat ourselves in terms of the names of restaurants.
0: So that you know that's going to be a real sticking point with people listening to this because a lot of individuals in the restaurant scene say that the same restaurants get talked about all the time
1: so this is when we're going to turn to our listeners yes and we want to hear which restaurants in your communities we should be talking about what do you have a middle-tier restaurant a go-to place a monthly place a weekly place that you take your your friends your loved ones your family that we should shine some light on
0: maybe have them on the podcast talk about what makes them your neighborhood restaurant discuss how long they've been around find out a secret recipe that I can emulate at home.
1: I took my family to the Mill MacArthur Avenue the other night, and we had a lovely meal. It was uh, reasonably priced. I don't, Do you have a restaurant in your community that, uh, that you would recommend to our, our listeners?
0: Absolutely. We live very close to the Village Shopping Center, and Toast is right there. And it is, you know, I hate to use the word middle tier because I don't want you to think it's middle in quality. It is, however, something you could possibly do every other night if need be. and I think kids eat free at their other restaurant, Hutch, which is close to us too, which makes it accessible for families. So there it is, guys. Reach out to us with your neighborhood restaurants. One more thing I just want to plead with you all. We like reviews. We want to know that you're liking what we have to say. I get them on Instagram, but we'd like to have them on other places, like iTunes, so people can see them. So... I'm up for, you guys review us. We like your review. I'll buy you lunch.
1: When our listeners find that mid-tier restaurant in their community, what should they do when they get there?
0: Well, they should eat it, Virginia. This has been a production of the Tribune Audio Network.
1: This episode of Eat It Virginia was brought to you by your locally owned and operated McDonald's restaurants. National First Responders Day is October 28th. Show your first responder ID for a free sandwich.